<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome one, welcome all to the first episode of the Real Poser Podcast, the show where three nerds get together and talk about how snobby their music tastes are because we're all better than you. I'm your host, Aiden, and I am joined by my co-hosts, Wendy and Madison. Say hi, ladies. Hello. Hi. How are you guys doing today? How are you guys doing? I am good. I'm really excited because this is the first episode, and I think it's going to go really good. But yeah, I'm good today. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll go well. I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this since we discussed it. Exactly. It's to think that we materialize so quickly is is really, really cool. So once again, welcome to the first episode ever. So try not to judge us too much if we're terrible at this. Um, today we are bringing you an album review based solely on our perspectives, which means we're always right. And it's very convenient for you because you don't have to worry about anything else. So how this works is each week, myself and my co-host will select a new album to dive into whether it be one we have never heard before or one of us that say me and Mad- myself and Madison worship, we just love the album to death, uh, but Wendy has never heard it before, so it really just depends. Sometimes we'll all pick one, sometimes it'll just be a certain person will pick an album, and we'll all listen to it. S- and then we will congregate as we are now and discuss the album, chiming in our own thoughts on the album as a whole, each individual track, and kind of give a personal final verdict, kind of what did you like, what did you not like. And this week we are breaking down Paramore's 2017 release, After Laughter. So this is the band's fifth studio album. It came out on May 12th, 2017. The first album, this is the first album with uh, drummer Zach Farah since him and his brother left in 2010. And it's also the first without their longtime bassist, Jeremy Davis, who left two out, left two years prior to the album's release. Uh, overall, it's definitely a departure from the band's typical pop punk sound and al- an alternative rock kind of production from the previous albums. And the lyrics cover and the lyrics cover personal misery, fear, slash anxiety of aging, exhaustion, and depression. So, what are you guys' first impressions of this? Well, first of I- all, I think that the themes are just really relatable. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to get old either. You know, everyone's yeah. depressed sometimes. So it's really relatable, yeah. Yeah, I do think I I like how it's it's definitely relatable in that sense, but it's not necessarily blown out of proportion. It was it's very mm-hmm. synth pop record. I was like, this is very it's very eighties new wave almost. As um, uh, I remember I showed this to one of my friends, and he and this is a direct quote from me. He said, "It's like candy for your ears because it's just a really fun, really bright <laughs> listen." Um, I really uh, yeah. On first notice, it was very bright, very crisp. I really like the sound. It was very uh, well layered on certain tracks, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a lot of um. There's a lot of rhythm, a lot more melody compared to like the reverberations, the that kind of the aspect of rawness that is on their typical rock production, you know? Yeah, I was yeah. very surprised because it was so different, though. It was mm-hmm, very yeah. different than their other stuff. And I was kind of confused at first. I was like, this doesn't sound like them, but it was still really good. Yeah, yeah, they, they definitely took a chance on evolving their sound. They kind of kept their, uh, they kept elements of the rock. But they kind of moved over to that kind of that synth pop in eighties eighties era new wave, which is still interesting. It still incorporates the guitar, the bass, and stuff. But it's just adding, it's just adding extra elements that sometimes it worked really well, and sometimes it worked, but it wasn't necessarily as good as it could have been, you know? Yeah, and like I don't know much about production, but I feel like compared to their older albums, especially like their first one, mm-hmm. it sounds a lot more um, like 
crisper and like it's more of a smooth sound and i think that's because they decided to switch up the genre a bit and that's yeah. why the production sounds different yeah the, yeah the taylor york their guitarist he definitely took it in uh in a different direction i i liked it i think it was a good direction but it was definitely a departure from their original sound mm-hmm. all righty so now that we've given our first impressions of the record, now we're going to dive into the track-by-track track breakdown. So we'll start with, obviously, the first track, uh, Hard Times, which is the album opener. So what do you guys think of this one? I think, well, first of all, it's like an anthem, basically. I <laughs> I listen to this song a lot more than I like to admit. Like, whenever I'm trying to, like, get my energy up or I don't want to wake up in the morning, that's the song I listen to because it makes mm-hmm. me feel good. And I think it's a really good way to, like, start the album off strong as opposed to, like, something softer, like, in the later tracks. I think it's a good mm-hmm. pick for the first Yeah, I like, uh, the, I like the the fact that it's more synth-heavy compared to a lot of the songs. It's kind of more, uh, I guess, louder in a sense. And there's also, um, they also have their hints of, like, disco, almost like a dance music. Just kind of want to get up and groove to it. Um, the lyrics do talk about going through hard times, um, which is very relatable. I think for all people, especially uh, listening through listening to this during quarantine, I was like, "Yeah, this is." Um, um, I can see myself in a lot of this during kind of during this whole year that's gone on. Um, and then I did like the sonic add-ons, like kind of just extra effects, a little here and there, the robot voice that uh, that goes in time with Haley Williams voice the end like I do like them but there were points where it was like I feel like the song would have been fine without it like I'm not saying it it makes it worse but like I think it would have been kind of the same level of I guess greatness I guess if you want to call it without it yeah I that and I, sense. I think like it's the song is like the perfect equation for a like radio hit one because <laughs> It is so poppy, so it will get stuck in people's heads. And two, because the theme is so generalized. Like, it, it's not very specific in what it talks mm-hmm. about. So the fact that the theme is so general and everybody goes through hardships, people can really relate to it as a song. And so it's really, like, a good way for Paramore to get, like, a, a Billboard 100 hit. Or you know. Yeah, you can kind of tell the lyrics on this one are more... They're more universal and they're more... They're not as centralized as some, like as uh, some of the later tracks, you can definitely tell there was a certain thing that happened in either the band's life, like personal lives or just what was going on with the band uh, that mm-hmm. directly inspired what they were going to write about. Whereas this is kind of, it's more of a general thing, almost like a message kind of throughout the song. And right. I like what you said about the, uh, about the poppy, kind of the big hit. That's a good segue into the second track, Rose Colored Boy, which personally I think this is one of the best hooks on the album. I was going to say, like, I mean, this is so I really like this song. I sang it over and over again. Exactly. Oh it just got stuck in your head and it was a really good, I mean, it was just an amazing chorus. I mean, I do like the verses, but the way this, uh, the way Williams uses uh, her own backup vocals and the melodies in the chorus is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very good synth pop track. You can, I heard a lot of, um, uh, well, not a lot, but I definitely heard the talking heads in this who were kind of uh, one of those early 80s, like late 70s, early 80s alternative rock bands, kind of using that uh, that brighter sound, but experimenting a bit more using keyboards, using more groovy uh, bass tones. And that was one, another thing I liked about the album is that the bass tone, it was, it was loud enough that you can hear it, but not, not super jarring. It wasn't necessarily like metal or anything, but it's not like a typical pop album where you can kind of like 
barely hear it. It kind of came up when it need to, when they let him off, when they let the bass off the leash, he did those cool little grooves. He did those little extra notes, but then when he needed to sit back, when he needed to serve the song, he did a really good job, especially on this mm-hmm. one. That's and then right. I also, yeah. And then I also did like the, uh, the lyrical topic, which is kind of not having shame and being sad and having that depressed moments, especially in times of hardship. I really did like that. Uh, do you guys have anything to touch on that? I, yeah, I think, I think it's, that's like a good point because a lot of the songs, when they talk about sadness, they talk about more wanting to hide it away, but this was different. And, and the fact that it's like, you're sad. That's fine. You just got to work through it, and it's okay if people know because they can help you and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's not. They're not putting it as a bad thing, which is mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, I agree. Mm. And I like, and I do also like, kind of as a as a whole, how the album, how the album's kind of bright, more happy, upbeat sounding uh, music contrasts with the lyrics, because mm-hmm. a lot of the lyrics are kind of like uh, are definitely some Debbie Downer stuff. It's definitely not the happiest thing in the world. And so it's interesting to see how those lyrics kind of not only tie in, but work in and around the music, especially on uh, on the next track, the third track, Told You So. Honestly, this is probably one of my favorite tracks on the album. Um, mm-hmm. It's probably like I think if uh, I think of Hard Times wasn't necessarily the lead single or one of the bigger singles, I think this would probably be like yeah, the biggest one, song on the album. This one was one of the ones that stood out a lot to me as well. Just because, mm-hmm. I don't know, I always find myself relating to the words more than, and paying attention more to the words than anything else. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I, yeah, personally, I, because I did like the, I did like the lyrics too. Um, uh, kind of that, uh, just having success, the, the told you so aspect of it. But I also liked how you kind of see uh, little bits and bobs hinting about admitting when you're wrong. Because it's kind of mm-hmm. like, yes, people can rub, they can say told you so all you want, they can get all the pleasure out of that. But there are some instances where it's like, well, maybe they maybe they deserve to say told you so. Maybe, maybe it is justified in a way. I mean, they shouldn't be doing it the entire time, but there have been points, especially in my life, where I'm like, eh, I should probably be like, just to get them to stop, you can uh you can say that. I also wrote down this, it was like almost like a good happy sad song. Mm-hmm. just kind of like it's yeah, yeah just kind of then at first nature every first listen to the song without not knowing what it's about you're like oh it's a it's a good upbeat song when you listen to the lyrics and you're like huh like i didn't, I didn't yeah. I, yeah i didn't completely see that coming that's kind of how it how it is with the entire record as well um i did like the subtle ramp but they kind of started off as a more uh as a more basic rock song but then they added the electric uh, the electronic songs, little drum fills, little bass fills, and even some of the synth work at the end I thought was really cool. Usually and, I don't like electronic either, but it ended up being really good with it in there. Yeah, it didn't it didn't completely overpower the song. While it was a major factor in uh, in the songwriting, as you can tell throughout the entire album, it didn't necessarily overtake their rock roots, their rock nature. Which was really nice. It was kind of a it was kind of a relief because what I'd heard before I listened to the album I was like well, it's a more popular album. It's so all like, oh, please don't be like just a complete departure from the old sound. And they kind of did move away from it, but they didn't go completely away from it, which I did really enjoy. Yeah. And also, I think on this track, especially like through the whole album, her vocals are super strong. But I think on this song in particular, though, like the belt she did 
and the way in which she delivered all the mm -hmm. lyrics, it was really powerful. And I think it fit really well with what she was trying to say. Yeah, I think this is one of her, uh, this is definitely one of her better, Haley Williams' better performances on the album. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then moving into the fourth track, Forgiveness, this was probably, I guess, my second, not necessarily second favorite, but like, I guess I'd say I had three favorites on the album. And this was one, this was one of three along with the told you so. And then one of the later tracks, but I feel like this was slower, more relatable personally. I like the kind of the beach rock indie vibe that the song kind of would get because it was slower. It was definitely more mellow. It was definitely more, it kind of stands out in certain ways from the rest of the album, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's interesting because when I think about the album as a whole, I forget about this song. Like, I'm always like, oh, that song mm. too. I forget how that one goes. <laughs> so that's funny how, like, it stood out to you, but I always forget <laughs> about it. Yeah, <laughs> that is that is pretty funny. That is interesting. Maddie, do you have anything to add on? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. I guess, uh, I guess we definitely had differing opinions on that. Uh, how I really like the song, and then you guys are like, Eh. yeah i mean it's a good like i'm it's good but i listened to like all the tracks in a row to like get my first impression on it and then i had my ones that i wanted to go back and listen to and then i saw forgiveness and i was like oh that one exists too i forgot <laughs> yeah i kind of did the same <laughs> thing that was one of the ones i didn't really go back to interesting interesting because yeah. yeah, yeah, i because yeah. i personally really like the song it also kind of it gave off like a fleetwood mac and kind of like a the uh, almost a heart vibe as well, kind of the slower songs. Yeah, like as well. yeah, yeah. That's um, I didn't think about that. That's true. Yeah, and then moving into the fifth track, which is "Fake Happy." I mean, that was pretty. I, I caught on to what they were talking about right away with this. Track. Me too. It was. I mean, of course, really the, the name kind of made it obvious too. Mm -hmm. But this, I liked this one. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely one when of those. I uh, it, when I first listened to it, I was like, "My mood is this right now. This is my mood right now." <laughs> yeah, it was. It it was. It was definitely quite obvious. Um, I liked how kind of it started off as what seeming to be like an acoustic track. Um, it definitely. Uh, it definitely built on that sound. This night, it kind of kept where, it kept its roots of where the song started, but they slowly added more electronic sounds. Like, kind of got louder, which I did like. Um. And I also liked the uh, like the distortion that was used in the vocals at the start of the song. It was almost like a um, uh, like you were calling someone on a cell phone, you know, mm -hmm. like kind of what you hear on the other end of a call. Kind of a it's clear, but it's not exactly um, uh, what's the word? It's not it's not crystal clear, I guess. It's muffled, but yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's it's got that it's got that distinct muffle that you kind of hear in um, you kind of hear in the phone. And also, I will say this song was actually quite funky. The mm -hmm. rhythm section was definitely, I was like, okay, okay. And then remembering that they were white people, I was like, oh, okay, okay. Like, this is, <laughs> this is extremely funky for what they're normally known for doing, you know? Yeah. It's my favorite song on the album, I will say. Like, this one always gets stuck in my head. I d like, uh, I like the acoustic part at the beginning, but sometimes if I'll go and listen, I'll just skip through that part because I like, like, the the heavier stuff at the <laughs> at the middle part but i yeah. do think it's like a really good track and i like the the dynamics that are in it like from the from yeah the more hardcore stuff um mm -hmm. i totally agree and then i also think that uh this was at least personally this was one of more uh one of the more uh, stronger performances from Haley. 
at least I think, mm-hmm. kind of with the with the dynamics yeah. in the song, and kind of what uh what her delivery was versus what the lyrics were saying. It was definitely it provided that contrast, but it was still a very strong performance. Uh, moving yeah. on to track six, twenty six. Um, I felt like this could sound. Uh, it sounded like something off of Brand New Eyes, personally. Yeah, that makes I, sense. Like kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, so I really like... liked this one just because the meaning of the song, like, my brain doesn't work, but like, I learned the lyrics. And some mm-hmm. of my, it just made me relate to like, <laughs> to like my relationship, you know. Mm, okay, okay, that makes sense. Cause yeah, cause I I noted that, and then I also liked, I I liked that it was one of the more delicate tracks. It was definitely very pretty, but it wasn't as it wasn't as loud. It wasn't as in your face. It was just more of those one of the softer ballad songs. And I liked. I like to kind of what, with what you said, how uh, the lyrics kind of take a kind of talk about how kind of the realistic side of you, the less optimistic side of you can kind of take over. You can kind of drag you back down when you kind of skip, when you kind of dream, uh, start moving into idealism, when you kind of get your head in the clouds, I guess. And so mm-hmm. I feel like that's and so I feel like that is something that we definitely all experience. Like you start thinking about things, your mind kind of just wanders and it just creates these great, great possibilities. But then you like have that sudden, yeah, that kind of like, I guess, Thanos snap, if you will, kind of something happens, something clicks. And it's like, oh, that necessarily, that doesn't necessarily happen all the time more. Oh, I kind of <laughs> over-exaggerated that. Oh, the, and it kind of brings you, it kind of grounds you back. And I think the music is a very good soundtrack for, or what the band is trying to convey with the lyrics here. Yeah. Uh, this is my this is my second favorite song, actually. That's funny that they're like right next to each other, but yeah, it's mm-hmm. my second favorite. And even though like I didn't like the softness um in fake happy, I think the softness like works really well in this track. So I yeah. like that part a lot. And I, I'm not sure I think it's this song. The lyrics, they say something about like dreams are real until they're overdone or something to that nature you know and, <laughs> yeah and i think i think that's like a really a really interesting point and it just made me think a lot about like my ambitions and like how yeah I it was a bit more it was a lot more insightful compared to like for like the first time i listened to it i was like okay i kind of i kind of get it and then as i listened to the song more i was like you kind of kept digging and kept finding more meaning in it which is really interesting yeah, mm-hmm. I like how sometimes, like when we go back to songs, like especially that one, the more you listen to it, the more you start to notice within the song the things it goes over. Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. this one was one of those ones you can kind of you could probably go back and find some a new meaning within it each time. Yeah, yeah, I really do like that. So, so moving into the the seventh track, pool. It's like a completely opposite vibe. It's very bouncy. It's upbeat. It's like. It's like almost like you're standing right next to like a glimmering pool that's just shining the light right into your face, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I did really like uh, I did really like kind of the the happiness, the happiness in the song, the vocal or the vocal delivery. I think it's one of the more impressive ones from Haley, and it's a uh, it's definitely a massive contrast against the lyrics. I mean, it's very um, uh, the lyrics are not exactly uh are not exactly matching the music let's just say that right right yeah and i do yeah. and i and i do like how 
how that does happen a lot in the um in the album kind of the uh, the lyrics don't necessarily match up with the song with what the song makes you feel with the with the, with the tone of the music versus the tone of uh what williams is saying uh i think this is one of the songs that makes it work the best it kind of when you take in when you take that into account and then also uh i uh i definitely related to the lyrics kind of not being able to resist things that cause you pain like knowing knowing that something will hurt knowing that something isn't good for you but not being able to stop yourself to from doing it because you're in love with that person you're in love with that thing whatever it may be yeah and honestly i can relate to that so well that's it's really relatable and it's really hard to do things when Mm -hmm. you're so just stuck with it and you you sit there and you know it's bad and it's just this song yeah. totally explained it to people who wouldn't ha- usually experience it. Yeah. Or it is relatable for people who have experienced mm-hmm. it. It's like it's like that yeah. one thing like you you know everything about it is wrong, but then when you're like so don't do it and you're like no, I want to do it. Like it's it kind of opens <laughs> yeah. it's I wouldn't say it makes people woke. That's kind of too too big of a generalization, but it definitely it makes certain aspects of the of of those events more clear to people who don't necessarily understand it. Yeah. Which I, and, which I do. Oh yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No. Yeah. You're good. Um, and like, not to be pretentious, it's going to sound like really stuck up, but like, <laughs> I think the fact that like the lyrics are so sad, but the beat is like so happy. And as far as like the album as a whole, I think it like represents how the, the us that we portray on the outside can be like really different from like how we actually feel because like if you were to listen to like pool at first glance like you wouldn't really notice like how mm-hmm. or like the, the emotions that are actually being portrayed you'd be like oh yeah. this is a fun song but then if you listen more and you try to understand your perception of that kind of shifts mm-hmm. and i do yeah. like how the i do like how the album as a whole kind of portrays that idea of not what what something looks like may not be what it seems like like what it seems mm-hmm. it's almost too good to be true you know like when you listen well, i mean on a, well think yeah. about it like if you look at me i walk around in like a poodle skirt and everything but that's not that's not me on the inside me on the inside is something completely different mm-hmm. <laughs> but you kind of have to you have to get you have to get used to it you have to get close with it it's not something that comes that comes right away, which I think the song does. Uh, I think the song does very, it's a good example of that kind of, if you have to dive, if you want to dive deeper, if you really want to figure out what it means, then you have to, you either have to go all or nothing. Like you either know like, Oh, it's just a poppy upbeat song or, Oh, it's this really, is this really poppy upbeat music? That's kind of masking, but that's kind of masking these sad lyrics, but the emotion and in the lyrics in the song are really push it forward. And so it kind of makes them clash with each other, but in a good way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So moving on to the eighth track, uh, grudges. what do you guys think of this one? Honestly, eh, that was one of the ones I didn't really go back to. Yeah, I was, I, yeah, I did I like, how, that. I did like how I definitely heard kind of elements of like the bangles. And like the disintegration era cure, like kind of that stuff, like uh, yeah, like Friday I'm in love, the one I love, so, or not the one I love, a uh, love song, stuff like that. I definitely heard that, but it was, 
I mean, it wasn't yeah. super interesting, both musically and lyrically. Like, it wasn't a bad song, by all means. I think it, I think it was definitely one of the weaker songs on the album, just because, personally, I didn't take a whole lot of interest in it. Like, yeah, yeah. This, this track is good. And and that was it. And that was, it wasn't necessarily. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's all the thought any of us, any of the three of us put into Yeah, it, but... exactly. And I did yeah. like, because there kind of were moments where the song got more distorted, a bit more chaotic, but I didn't, like, I did like that element of the song, but I don't think that it necessarily added it, added to it or made it better in a good way, you know? Yeah. The, my favorite thing about this song, because I don't remember much about it either, but um, my favorite thing about it is the theme because I don't like to hold grudges and mm -hmm. I think it's important to like acknowledge that sometimes forgiveness is power. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think it, it was a good, it was like a good idea for a song, but I mm -hmm. think that the way it was executed, which this sounds mean, I don't mean to sound mean, but I just like the way that it was executed wasn't as memorable as, you know, maybe some of the other songs. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they started with, they started with a good piece of music, but they probably could have, use the lyrics for a i guess a stronger piece of music mm -hmm, mm -hmm, kind of like, like for me this was um uh it was kind of like a it's like the one iron maiden song off of the seventh son of seventh son record it's called the can i play with madness like it's it's not a bad track by all means but there are some tracks that are just so much better so much more memorable on the album compared to that one uh -huh. song but that's not to take any way anything away from the song it's a good song it's just not it's not what I come back for on the album, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So moving on to the ninth track, Caught in the Middle, uh, talks about fear of aging and kind of not being persistent in one's goals. Um, being a procrastinator myself, I always worry about not being up to par with what I want to do. And so I uh, I definitely relate to this song a lot. I don't know about you guys, but... Yeah, sort of. It... Eh. Yeah, I guess yeah, it has its moments. Yeah. yeah, like, me, myself, I definitely, like, I'm afraid of, like, getting older and dying, definitely. Mm -hmm. So, like, I yeah. related to this a lot. And I, mm -hmm. I think it, like, makes good points about, like, how a lot of people can be afraid. And we can, like, share the fear that we have, and it makes it less mm -hmm. bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I do. Like, that's and, and I think that's a good view for the song i feel like that's something that some people just don't understand yeah or they might they might have an idea of it but it's not like it's kind of in the back of their mind it takes a bad seat to compare compared to everything else that they might be thinking about they might be stressed about it's like but then when it comes in they're like oh this is it's a lot it's it starts off small but then it slowly grows to be something that's a lot bigger than you um uh, than you originally thought it was yeah, Definitely. and then also uh, one word to describe this song: it's very ska, like very, very ska. I was like, I remember the first time I listened to it, I said, "This sounds like early No Doubt." Like not exactly, yeah. but I was. Yeah, I, I definitely, yeah, I definitely made that connection. I was like, it's definitely more. Uh, it's more based on the rhythm. It's more based on the groove. It's uh, mm -hmm. the the guitar is there, but it's not necessarily like he's not. Uh, strumming or plucking the entire time it's just kind of those small the short little chords yeah and the short sweet little moments yeah. like it's very it is very ska uh so moving into track number 10 idol worship this was like i guess the like the third my third favorite song alongside forgiveness and told you so um the commentary on fame good lord 
<laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Hold on, let me. I'm gonna look at the notes for this one too, because I have things to say, but I just want to like jog my memory as well, make sure I don't miss anything important. Because yeah, I I definitely liked how the um uh, this was I I think this is one of the strongest vocal performances on the record. Um, but yeah, I love how... I love the vocals. They were amazing, mm -hmm. and I mean her vocals are amazing anyway. But this song really like show helped show show off what she could do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she definitely, she definitely so showed. Talented. Yeah. Oh, oh, totally. I mean, it totally showed off her her vocal chops and kind of her how her singing kind of changes and adds to the vibe of the song because it's a very. Mm -hmm. I think this is a very. It's got a very happy mood, but then when you look at the lyrics, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of her realization that she she isn't necessarily the person that she thinks she is, like in in view of other people and her fans and stuff. And considering that mm -hmm. she's She's quite a prominent figure and kind of that that alternative rock, uh, pop punk, whatever you want to call it, kind of that scene. I guess it's definitely when you when you take the lyrics compared to the actual music, you're like, whoa, this is uh they're very uh they're very different, but it it works really, really well. Yeah. And songs about fame in general are interesting because like you never know how they're gonna turn out like if they're gonna be a hit or not because mm -hmm. a lot of people can't relate to songs about fame because they're not famous so you know mm -hmm. what i think about songs about fame if you look at different songs about fame it gives you each artist's view of what how they see their fame yes like exactly. i've listened to several different bands talking about their fame and they all have different opinions like one of them kind of hates it in the way that they're looked at but one of them they're just enjoying it and living life right mm -hmm. yeah and it's a cool it's cool to see other ways of looking at pay, uh fame yeah it's cool to see different people different people's takes because their experiences can be so different there are a lot of bands that either love their fame or either hate their fame but this is kind of like it's an interesting because not only is it a different perspective it's a perspective that we haven't necessarily seen a whole lot it's not a mm -hmm. oh i love being famous it's not a oh i hate being famous it's kind of like a oh, this is like kind of, it's almost like worried about being famous with so the lyrics. Like, what if I fall on my face? What if I make a mistake? Because if they put out a bad album, if you mess up at a show, if they kind of screw something up in general, it's more in the public. And so it kind of shows almost the nervousness, the anxiety that go with being famous, that kind of go with being a musician because there's so much pressure on you, especially considering that she's kind of an icon, I guess, for the genre of music that she makes that with her mm -hmm. both I, both on a solo record and with and on all the paramore stuff so it, it definitely provides a fresh take i do this was probably this this was why i put in my notes that this song was a straight banger <laughs> yeah because <laughs> I, I i really i really enjoyed it, it was, i guess my my third uh that's a uh, three out of my three favorites anyway let's move on to the next track track 11 no friend. Now I found this interesting because this is the only Paramore song that doesn't feature Haley Williams on vocals. Yeah, it's uh, it's mm -hmm. it's for the uh, if you don't know, it's Aaron Weiss of Me Without You. I've I've honestly until I heard the song, I'd never heard him sing before. I mean, I did like his vocals, but I kind of like yeah. how they how they took that change. How they um. Well, what was really funny to me is. I listened through it and I was listening, I was listening. And then the song came on, I was like, Am I listening to something else now? 
I got yeah. confused for a second. Like, wait a second. This isn't what I was listening to before. Well, no, because at first I thought it was like, oh, it's like the guitarist or someone. Like, it's someone else in the band. I didn't think it was Yeah, it, no, a, a, complete, it, a completely different artist. I thought it was just someone in the band, honestly. Do you, do you guys feel that it was out of place in the album because of this? Or do you think it fit well? Because I'm um, not really sure how I feel about that. I don't think it necessarily put it out of place, but I don't know if it like, like it still had the overall, like the music was definitely still true to the album, but it kind of, uh, I guess it it kind of was, but it wasn't, I guess mm. in some ways, because it was such a different, it's such a different change of pace, especially vocally, because I think Haley's vocals do really add, they add a sort of mood, they add a sort of, I guess, enchantment to the songs that kind of make them, like that really make it paramore and it was it was i think it was one of those things where it's like like a band gets a new guitarist or a new singer after someone leaves or pass away like you're still capturing that lightning in the bottle but it's not necessarily the same lightning as the old lightning you know yeah, yeah. because as soon as you hear her voice you're like oh that's paramore because it's Haley yeah exactly so this was a little bit different yeah mm-hmm. like you like you almost forgot it like it's still staying in your mind like there's a paramore song but like it's not it's not it's it's it is what it isn't you know mm-hmm. yeah I agree and it was that. i definitely thought the it was definitely one of the weirder more uh, more experimental songs on the album i did like how uh the flow between this song and the one before idol worship but i remember listening to it, i was like this is a weird this is a strange song to be mm-hmm. honest especially music i was like it's very it's very different Compared to the, right. um, uh, I mean, it still fits in kind of with the flow from the track before and and into the track after, but it was definitely one of those like, huh? Like it's like what? Wait, what's going on? Moments. Right. Yeah, and I think it's cool that they can afford to do that because a lot of bands can't. Like all their mm-hmm. songs have to fit into a certain mold. But I think it's good. Like whoever their management is or whatever they decided to do, kind of gave them a little bit of freedom, so they were able to try out new stuff and see what works yeah. for them and all that kind of stuff. And that's really good. It's perfectly exemplified not only on this track, but kind of on the album as a whole as their as their sound shifted. Because I remember I on the first listen I was like, okay, this is Paramore, but it's not like brand new eyes Paramore or self-titled Paramore. It's less alternative mm-hmm. rock and more and more pop. But one thing I did like is that it's while the music was poppy, it was more of they use, I guess, the the word pop in a sense is more of a vibe. Yeah. And, and, not... and not necessarily a part of the song, right? Like, they did use, like, I guess, catchier stuff. Like, there were some parts that I just could not get out of my head. But it was more it was more of a poppy vibe, I guess, which I really liked. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It was they weren't trying to, they weren't trying to fit into a box. But they exactly. were just trying to incorporate new stuff, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah, and 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 I and I did really like that. Uh, and that that's a good segment into the uh, into the last track, which is kind of it's not very poppy. Tell me how it's definitely a a p the typical not necessarily typical piano ballad, but it's I guess the mandatory ballad in some ways. How kind of all albums kind of have that the same poppy sound, then they have like a couple ballads or stuff. But I did like kind of the uh, the tropical vibe. On this song it was almost like a uh, like slightly r&b in mm-hmm. bits and bobs but i actually really like that i, re- I yeah. really like the change of groove and stuff like that the piano on this song is like really pretty and i think mm-hmm. that 
a ballad is the typical way to end an album so like it wasn't anything like super crazy like i wasn't surprised that this was the way mm-hmm. they decided to end the album yeah but that's not to say it was a bad way yeah i think it was really good i think i think with a lot of albums we either get the the softer the softer more delicate songs like the piano ballads or like an acoustic song yeah. or it's just a song like uh like the first song yeah, no, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a song like Hard Times where it's either just they go out with the they just go out with all flames, like with just everything on fire, like just totally jarring, just as loud as they can be. Or it's just like they're slowly bringing everything to a close. They're doing it mm-hmm. calmly. They're kind of doing it safely, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's very yeah. it's kind of on the two opposite ends of the spectrum. But I did think and the album on a slower song was a better was a very yeah. good choice. It's definitely not a bad thing at all, especially because if you look at like Panic at the Disco, like if you look at all their albums, all their albums start off strong and then end slow. So a lot of bands do that. And I think I think it's good. I I do enjoy that formula of how everything is structured. Mm -hmm. I liked it a lot. Do you have anything? Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, it's a good way. Um, it's a good way to end the um, album. I I liked it. It it kind of just pulled everything, all their their themes to, in, within the songs, all just sort of together into a close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I also did like the. I really like the lyrical topic on this one. Kind of it expressing your anxiety and your nerves in ways that seem different to others, like that aren't necessarily. I wouldn't say necessarily not acceptable, but just things that make people go like 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 oh like he he's doing this you know like something like that and kind of how how even though it is abnormal it's it's completely fine to to express yourself like that <laughs> because personally i definitely i definitely related to that with how anxious i can get with kind of how how like i i mean i go around saying like oh yeah i hate everyone on the friends and my friends are just the people that I tolerate more than everyone else. And like, and and some of that is true. Like, I do, I do get nervous. I do get anxious that I won't necessarily fit in or people who won't like me. But on the other end of the spectrum, I can definitely see myself as the person on the other side. Kind of like, oh, like that person is like, like they're not doing anything. They must be like, well, like why are they shy? Like why can't they just go out and be social like that? And so like, I definitely uh-huh. felt the emotion of what was uh, of the lyrics on this on this song yeah i agree with that that definitely is a good yeah and especially considering that it was the last song as well like kind of the song and i was like that's it like it's i thought i thought it would either especially judging by how the album started off i thought it would end on a i guess not necessarily higher i guess higher note more i guess a more joyful note i would say yeah I kind of like how it ended sad because it really allowed you to sit with like the emotion for a little mm-hmm. bit and just like think about what it was really trying to say without trying to like hype you up at all or like distract you from like other things. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It was it was like a um kind of like a almost like a sadder motivational speech. <laughs> right. And it was yeah. <laughs> um and that's and that is actually the end of the album. That's the last uh, so- one. Yeah, so there you have it. That's our uh, that's our personal breakdown of After Laughter by Paramore. Um, do you guys have any, I guess, final thoughts or consensus? Uh, did you like the album? Would you recommend it? It's good. I would I would recommend it. I totally would. 
Mm -hmm. I would too. I think it's really good. And I'm horrible at like rating things. Like I'm horrible at saying like, this is bad or this is good. But mm -hmm. I think I would give this a 4.5 stars out of five. I think it's really Because <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I enjoy the record. I think it definitely had its it's stronger and its weaker moments. But overall, it was a it was a very solid record, especially considering how their sound evolved. Kind of how they just made the record a lot differently compared to their other ones. I did like their transition. I did think it was a good transition. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily like if someone was like, "Oh, what Paramore album should I listen to?" I wouldn't say, "Oh, go listen to After Laughter." I might say like one of their earlier albums, but I would definitely say if you're looking for kind of, I guess, a good happy sad record, kind of something that uh that will either pump you up, um, or just I mean, I'm gonna say this is it's a very fun record to listen to. Especially if you don't take into consideration what the lyrics are about. It's very fun to groove. It's very fun to dance. It just gets you in a feel-good mood, especially if you're not necessarily paying attention to what they're singing. But yeah, I would totally recommend this. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not sure how this performed on like the billboard charts or like any charts, mm -hmm. but they took a risk and I personally think that it paid off really well. Yeah, yeah. I think it I think it did. I think I, it was it was a good step in the it was a good step for the direction they were heading. It was very good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's and that's pretty much all we have, right? That's pretty much all we planned out for today. Yep. Yeah. Anyways, well, uh, well, there you have it, uh, all zero listeners. Um, you're <laughs> the end of the first episode of the Real Posers podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to us discuss week this week's selection, and uh, we hope you come back for more episodes in the future where we will mostly we're planning to have a new segments right with future episodes. Yes, definitely yeah. new segments. Mm -hmm. So some new we'll segments, that kind of. Yeah, we'll be going over like music news. We'll be debating with each other, which will be fun because I love arguing. And um, <laughs> also, uh, we'll be forcing each other to listen to music that we probably won't like. So you'll get to mm -hmm. hear it. So, for instance, I'll, I know Wendy listens to uh, Wendy and Madison listen to more mainstream stuff compared to me because I listen to more uh, to more rock and metal. So they'll probably maybe give me a pop album that I haven't heard of, or I might give them like a rock record. That's a bit harsher. That's I guess a bit more underground that they might necessarily. So you see, harsh, wouldn't, harsh wouldn't get to me. I just don't usually use to listen to it myself. Usually I listen to it around the house when my dad plays it and stuff. So it's not mm. like I don't listen to it because I know it, but it'd probably just be songs I hadn't heard before or possibly even mm -hmm. some, some that I have. So. sees that I send a cattle decapitation album. Um, <laughs> no, but, but anyways, uh, uh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a good day or night, whatever applies to you. And uh, we will see you guys uh, in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.